All right, I'm going to, I'm changing up this morning. I'm going to be down here with you guys. Sometimes I feel like I'm so far away when I'm up on that platform. And I want you to know that I'm here for you and I'm close, approachable, not high up somewhere. So how are you guys doing this morning? Glad you're here. Glad you took some time out on a beautiful Sunday morning to be here, to hear more about what we are made for. I was just jotted down a note from the song, uh, you gladly chose surrender, so will I. And, and we all, I think most of us, sang that or thought that as we were looking at that slide. Jesus Christ gladly chose surrender. And so the question becomes, we say it, do we mean it? And this series is really all about that, being made for more. And whether you're here for the first time or um, you've been attending for a long time since we launched a couple years ago, um, what you're going to find out through this series is what we're all about as a church. What is it we're going to be about as we move forward into the years the Lord has for us? And so uh, just a real quick review, and uh, the Pruitts get to really hear me this morning, since <laughs> you guys are right here. So you guys should try this. This is very intimate. This is, mm. um, so what are we about? So Grace Community Church, Grace Point Church, again, we're a campus of Grace Community Church in Fremont. We're committed to helping people discover truth, uh, ultimately the truth that we need a Savior, that our sins have condemned us to hell, but that God has provided us the only way possible. Uh, and so the truth is, Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Now, with that comes some other truth. We're going to be talking about some of that other truth that we'll discover this morning out of that. But then we are to decide on Jesus, place our faith in Christ, believe God when he says that what our sin is about, what Jesus has done for us on the cross what he did by rising from the dead, and what happens to us uh, if we place our faith in Christ, and then we are to demonstrate change. And if God has saved us, there's going to be change in our lives, and we're going to want that change. We're going to look for that change. We're going to move with that. And then we're going to deploy for others through serving and sharing Christ with others. And that's why Grace Point Church exists. That's why we who have come together on a regular basis on Sundays, when we come together on Thursdays, when we uh, come together on our Bible studies, why we exist is so that we will do these four things, that we'll be a part of these four things, that we'll see God working in us. And, and that's the most exciting place for us to be as Christians. God wants us completely dependent on him. When we look at these four things, and some of them were like, yeah, cool, I like it. Others were looking at it going, that's scary. You, you want me to serve? That's scary. You want me to share my faith? That's scary. But we have to understand something. That's exactly where we need to be. That's exactly where God wants us to be. And that's exactly where um, we're going to understand who God is and how he works. And until we allow ourselves to surrender all, in all areas of our lives, we're not going to truly know who God is, 
and we're not going to understand really how he works. And so as we move forward in our lives, we're going to be confused as to whether it's God working here or is this me, and, and it's going to get us confused. And so the, the truth, discovered truth is, this is the only way to know God personally, how he works. See, God never said in the Bible, and if he has, you can um, show it to me, but God has never said, hey, follow me halfway, or follow me three-quarters of the way, and I'm going to show you who I am. He only says, surrender to me, do life the way I've called you to, which, by the way, is the best way for us to live, and in that, you're going to know who I am, and, and you're going to see how I work, and in that, you're going to have a, a sense of not, and again, closeness to God, which is awesome, but a, a confidence and a certainty that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what God's allowing into your life, no matter what you're feeling or thinking, you're doing it God's way, and there's going to be confidence in that, and there's going to be certainty in that, and there's going to be uh, an understanding of who God is. And so we have to start with the basics, and this is really the basics. And again, I'm not saying you're going to live 100% His way all the time. It, we can't, because... We're, we're sinful, but as we go God's way, and He's going to reveal more and more to us, and if we're 100% committed to doing life God's way, He's going to reveal those things to us. But like I said, it's, it's, these are the basics. These are the things that we need to be working on and developing in our lives. Well, last week, we looked at the truth that if a person who's discovered the truth and has decided on Jesus, <clears throat> that they're going to demonstrate change in their life. And how do we know that? Well, God saved us. He did it. We didn't do anything apart. There's no, there's, we, there's no reason for us to question our salvation in that sense because we didn't have anything, any part of it. In fact, we've talked about the fact that the, the, the faith that we have is a gift from God that he then gives us, to, and then we can personally give it back to him. And so even in that, God saved us, and God saved us for his good works that he prepared before we were even his children. So demonstrate change is going to happen if we truly understand that. And then we've been given the Holy Spirit who empowers us. So when, we, when we're afraid, when we're scared, when we're not sure which way we should go, when we want to share our faith, but we, we feel like, oh, I don't think I could do it, whatever the case, the Holy Spirit empowers us. And then the Holy Spirit is given to us, and he's going to teach us truth as we spend time in his word that he's going to give us the truth and, and we're going to understand the truth and how we can move forward in confidence in God. And God's forming you, forming me to look like Jesus. That's a promise, and, and it even says in Romans eight twenty nine that that's why he saved us. He predestined us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Believe me, that should be some change going on, right? I mean, for me, to operate like Jesus Christ, that's some massive change going on. Now, I can't grow the hair and I can't grow the beard, but it, we're talking about the actions, okay? We're not talking about, you know, facial hair. And, and with Jesus, what's that look like? Well, Jesus, when he was on earth, he spent time with, with God. And so, and with him, he committed to it. There were some nights where he didn't sleep. He gave up. He sacrificed sleep to spend time with the Heavenly Father. God the Son, spending time with God the Father. And then you'll commit to obey even when it's difficult, because that's what Jesus did. And again, this process, as we grow and as we understand who God is and we have 
more and more confidence in Him, and we step out in, in greater and greater amounts of faith, then we see these things happening. But we have to do these things. We were talking in the men's Bible study this morning about, um, about love. And what, you can't say you love somebody if you're unwilling to sacrifice for them. Biblical love is sacrifice. So if you sacrifice a little for somebody, you're demonstrating a little amount of love, which that's good. If you have to sacrifice something great, a lot of sacrifice, then you're showing a greater demonstration of your love for them. But you can't love somebody and not sacrifice for them. It's the same thing with God. So the truth is, God is the one who motivates the change in us. As we spend time with Him, He motivates us through the power of the Holy Spirit changing our minds, changing the way we think, having us then be encouraged to step out in faith. And so that's the other uh, exciting thing about this, is that this is something that God does in us. We don't have to do some sort of, um, you know, I'm going to work myself up to do this. I'm going to make this happen in my life. No, we just simply spend time with God, and then God presents to us, opportunities to then see him at work in our lives, and, and maybe we'll take it. And when we take it, that step of faith, we see God work, and that, wow, that's pretty cool, and it kind of motivates us to know more. And So then he presents something else to us, a little bit difficult situa- more difficult situation than this one, and so we take the step of faith there. And then he gives us another one, and so then we, ah, I, I can trust him there, and I can trust him there, but that one, mm, I'm not sure if I can trust him with that one. And we get back to the Word, and we're spending time in the Word, and we're like, yeah, no, God, you, pro- you promised that, and you did it, you promised that, and you did that, and give me the strength to do this, and we take that step. And, and that's what our life is from this point until we get to heaven. And each step is knowing who God is and what He wants to do in our lives and growing, but it's God who does it in us. When we choose to spend time with Him, He motivates that change. Well, today and next week, as I said, we're going to look at the truth that a person who's decided on Jesus, we know will demonstrate change, but then will deploy, as we call it, to, um, to deploy to serve others, uh, or for others. And it's going to be in serving the church family, and next week we're going to look at the idea of sharing our faith and what that looks like. And I, and I would really encourage you, whether you're here this morning, you're listening on the podcast um, you're doing a little vacation this, this weekend or whatever you're doing, uh, come back next week because here's what typically happens. So we have our core classes, right? And so you have your Connect class. And that's about our membership and finding out more about us. And again, you don't have to become a member, but you can become a member, but it's a class that tells us about who we are. Um, which, by the way, September 22nd, we're going to have a Connect class, and I'll get a sign-up sheet for that for you. Uh, it's a two-hour class. We provide lunch and child care. And uh, we just kind of go through who we are. You get the chance to ask questions, and that's it's all good. It's kind of cool. So let's say you have you know 20 people show up for that. Then you do the grow class, um, which is finding out about Bible study, prayer, uh, fellowship, and giving, and what the Bible says about those things as it pertains to being a part of a church family. And usually of the 20 people that did the Connect class, you know, a bunch of them, you know, 15 or more will show up for the grow class, and that's um, it's a little bit more entailed. Um, but you have that. And then the next one you do is we call the serve class. And so we talk about how God has uniquely designed you to serve the church family. Well, of the 15 who came to the, to the, or to the grow class, 
typically you have about 10 who come to the serve class. Why? Because you're moving from one level of commitment that you're like, okay, I want to know how to read the Bible and pray, and it's kind of this, this you know, personal thing. And then we were asking people to take another step, and now not just take from God and learn from God, but now to serve God in His church. And so uh, it's a little bit hard for people. You know, so, so 10 people show up. And those, it's awesome to have 10 people there. That's great. And then we do the share class. <laughs> and of those 10, three or four show up to that one. Because now we're asking people step, take another step and share your faith. And they're like, yeah, you know, I could do that. And some of them are like, I could do that and that. And then the other people are like, because it's scary, right? And it's, let's admit it, it's scary. Well, we want to talk about that this week is serving, next week is sharing, come back next week, because I, I, I want to give you guys some real practical, easy things that you can do to share your faith. Um, and so make sure you're back for that. Well, turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, it's page 1136, if you're using the Bible there in the chairs, uh, where Paul um, connects demonstrate change with deploy for others in serving in the church. It's literally moving out of 12, 1 and 2 into 3, verses 3 through 8, where, he, where change in a person's life means deployment for others serving in the church. And I want to give you two quick phrases. I think they're up on it. Yeah, they're up on the screen. So this is how you can easily remember this. Um, I, I'm not really um, that bright, so I need things easy. Uh, so serving your church family is what we're going to be talking about today. And it's think right, live right. right? Everybody says that right. Ready? One, two, three. Think right, live right. Okay, kind of like a responsive reading here. This is pretty beautiful. Secondly, think right, serve right. Everybody? One, two, three. Think right, serve right. Yeah, see, you got that? I mean, you could go home this afternoon and remember that one, right? After the roast and the nap, you could wake up about 4 o'clock today, and you'd be like, think right, live right, think right, serve right. It's just, it rings. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. You're welcome. So I'll follow along as we read this. And uh, I had another uh, outline we could have used, but it was a lot longer. So think right, live right, think right, serve right. And it actually applies to what we're reading. Romans 12. Therefore... I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So those who have decided on Jesus, this is your life. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think right. So you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given me, so now he transitions out of think right, live right, to think right, serve right. For through the grace given to me, as I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a person of faith. Or, uh, uh, sorry, a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, all of the members do not have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If So now he just gives us a list of, of you know, common gifts, spiritual gifts, 
Uh, and if you're looking for a list, we get it from this chapter, Romans 12. We get it from 1 Corinthians 14, and we get it from Ephesians 4. Um, but if prophecy, which is what I'm doing right now, just preaching truth, giving you truth, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So if you see this, these two passages, verses 1 and 2 and 3 and 8, it's all about how we think. If we think right, we're going to live right. If we are thinking right, we're going to serve right in our church. So let's, as we do, let's kind of break this down. And what is Paul uh, telling us here? What's God telling us through Paul? So therefore, therefore you ask, what's it therefore? Very nice. And so you go back to the previous things that Paul has been talking about, and it's really, it's all of chapters 1 through 11, and all that God has done for us. The fact that, that in spite of our sin, God still died for us. When, he, when we were sinners, when, we were, when he considered us his enemies, when we were spiritually dead, he died for us in order to rescue us from our sin, from its eternal consequences, from its earthly power. God did that all for us. And so therefore, because he's done that, and we've decided, and we say, yes, we believe that. We believe God when he says that he's sent Christ to die for us. Therefore, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice. That, that word present is a, is a choice. To say, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give myself to God a living and holy sacrifice. What's that mean? Fully surrendered, like we sing. You gladly surrendered all. And so will I. All of our life, every area of our lives, our thought life, our speech life, our, the way we respond to people, what we do with the things God has given us, our possessions, our homes, our cars, our finances, our jobs, whatever we have is God's. And because of that, we're going to give it all back to Him, because it's His anyways, and say, it's yours. What do you want to do with it, with me, to make the impact that you want to make in this world. And so we, we are living in holy sacrifices, holy being set apart for God, which is our spiritual service of worship. Kind of a, a, an interesting uh, phrase there. The word spiritual could actually be translated logical or rational. In other words, that's, that's the only way to live. It, it just makes sense. There's no other way that's logical. That if God has done all that too for us, if God has given us eternal life, then the only logical way we would live is in worship of Him, devotion to Him. And so that's the expectation. He says, don't be conformed to this world. Think wrong, live wrong. Being conformed to this world means that we're thinking the way we used to think prior to Christ. Being conformed to this world says, I'm gonna, I, you know, listen, I know what God's Word says about this, but mm, I think I'm going to do it my way. Or it might just be simple ignorance. In other words, you haven't spent time in God's Word, so you don't really know what He said, and so you're just going to go, well, it makes sense to me, and you're going to go forward, make a choice, do something, respond to somebody. Sounds good to me, and so I'm going to do it. The problem is, if it's not what God says, now you're responding in your own power, which is sin, 
And as we learn from Romans 8, when we do that, we end up destroying our lives, destroying relationships, destroying situations. And so we're supposed to have our, our minds renewed. The renewed mind brings transformed life. Think right, we live right. Spending time with God renews our minds, gives us understanding, gives us the promises, gives us all that God has promised to do in and through us now that we're his children. And then we take the step of faith and respond the way he wants us to respond. Living right brings demonstrated change. And not only that, but it proves what the will of God is. The will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. We will never know if God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect if we're unwilling to take a step of faith and to do his will. That's what Paul's saying here. But when we take a step of faith and do life the way he wants, in spite of what our mind is telling us, in spite of what our heart is telling us by pounding really fast in our chest because we're so scared to do it, but when we take that step of faith and we, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do what we're supposed to do, it's at that moment that we understand God's will. It's good, it's acceptable, it's perfect, it's complete, is what that means. We'll never know it if we're unwilling to do it. And that's the exciting part of this, because when we do that, that's when we prove what his will is. And so whether it's our marriages, whether it's our um, you know, parent-child relationships, whether it's something at, at work and our response that needs to be at work, uh, whether it's dealing with neighbors and, and challenges we have with neighbors, whether it's the thought about, well, do I connect uh, with the church or do I just do Christianity on my own, which, by the way, you can't do Christianity on your own. It doesn't make sense. Uh, and Scripture teaches that. Whether it's about financially giving to the church that you attend because God's Word says to do it, but you're like, well, yeah, but you haven't seen my, you know, my, my paycheck and you haven't seen my uh, savings account and, boy, I don't know if I can give because I got all this and you have to understand what God's Word says about giving and then take a step of faith and give in spite of what you think. Um, whether you're going to serve in, your, in the church family, whether you're going to share your relationship with God with others, it just goes on and on and on. And if we're unwilling to take that step of faith and do it God's way, we'll never know that his will is good and it is acceptable and it's complete. It's exactly what we need to be doing in our lives. So Romans 12, 1 and 2, if we think right, we'll live right. And then Paul carries that idea of thinking right in, right into the church. So it's, it's interesting Paul goes from, here's how you need to live, to an area of, uh, in, a, in a Christian's life that is potentially controversial. Some Christians say, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I need to serve the church family. I get that. Other Christians are like, yeah, not really sure if I want to or not. I mean, that's the truth of the matter, right? So Paul says, okay, so if you're going to think right to, and live right, your life's going to be transformed then you're also going to think right, and you're going to do what God calls you to do, and that is serve his church family. So he starts out with the negative, thinking wrongly. He says, among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. That's wrong thinking. What does he mean by that? That's the follower of Christ, the person who says they've decided on Christ, who say, I believe that I need to make demonstrate change in my life, and in that I know that I need to deploy for others, 
It's the, it's the Christian who says, for whatever reason, yeah, I'm just not going to serve. I'm not going to, you know, I'll attend. I'll, I'll be a part that way, but I'm not going to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's to think of yourself more highly than you ought. Why? Because you're saying to God, I know what the Word says, I know what you've told me to do, but I know better than you what I should be doing. You're saying, serve my family. Serve your brothers and sisters in Christ. Serve the body of Christ. And you're saying, and again, there's a bunch of reasons why. You know, somebody, somebody could say, well, I just don't feel gifted. We're going to find out from these verses that we are gifted. God's given us a spiritual gift, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to serve within the church family. But a person may say, well, I don't feel adequate. I don't feel like I can, I'm not talented. A person may say, you know, I've been hurt in other churches and, uh, and when I've served, and I've heard horror stories. And so, you know, I, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to put myself out there again. Um, you know, others are just saying, you know, I don't want to do it. I got other things to do. I got, I'm too busy. Whatever the case, we're saying, even when we say we don't, have the gifts that we should have. We're all still saying, you know, God, I know what you say, but I know better than you. So wrong thinking brings wrong actions. But thinking right, it says, go ahead and go to the next one, Ray. It has to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So sound judgment says, in spite of how I'm feeling, despite of what I'm thinking, in spite of what my past has been, I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to serve my church family. I'm going to serve the body of Christ because I've been allotted a measure of faith. And if you read through the rest of these verses, the measure of faith is that spiritual gift that God has given you. Every one of us who have placed our faith in Christ have been given a spiritual gift that's empowered by the Holy Spirit to be used in the church family. No matter what you might think of yourself, God has given you a spiritual gift to serve your church family. Now, for me, I failed speech class. Well, I got a D. I failed, for the most part, speech class. I think the, the teacher liked me, so she gave me a D. Um, this is because of my good looks. <laughs> Anyways, um, so because I had hair then, it was parting three quarters, feathered back. <laughs> I'm telling you, people. <laughs> Anyways, so God takes this kid who in high school, I, you know, I goofed around, had fun, that kind of stuff, but I couldn't pass a speech class. And he, and you guys have to determine this, whether he's given me the spiritual gift of teaching or not, but I believe he's given me the spiritual gift of teaching. So now I stand up on a regular basis talking about who he is. Why? Because of me? No, not because of me. Because where I would rather be is where I started this morning, in my bed. I woke up this morning, just like, oh my word, I just, this would be so nice to stay here. But I'm over 50, and you guys know that, you know, so I have to get up, go to the bathroom, you know. It's, it's just, so I can't stay in bed because things kind of prompt me. Um, so, sorry. I, TMI, a little bit too much information there, sorry. Uh, but so here's the truth of the matter. Not all Christians serve in the same way, but all Christians serve in some way. And again, don't, I saw some of you guys pull out shotguns. Don't shoot the messenger, Okay. Jesus is telling us, God's telling us, we don't all serve in the same way. 
but we all do serve in some way. So let me just give you what's going on at Grace Point. So we have 93 people, middle school and above. We average 70 on a Sunday morning. Um, 44 of those 93 are members, 49 are regular attenders. 44 of the 93, 47%, are serving in some capacity. No, you can do that. Go ahead. Here's why. In most churches, 20% serve. It's crazy. We did the numbers down in Fremont. 20, 25% serve on a serve the church in some way out of 1,800. You guys, 47%, almost half of the people who call this their church are serving in some way in our church. 34 or 36.5%, they're serving on a, on a Sunday rotation. Now, I need a little, little corollary here, um, is this, that of those 36.5%, many of them are serving in multiple areas. So it's a little bit off in that sense. So one week they may work on impact, the next week they're going to work in children's ministry, and the next week they, they might be up on the, in the band because we have to fill spots that are not filled for that Sunday. So they're rotating, but you don't necessarily see them sitting in here every week because they're busy in several different areas. And so, again, praise God for this, for that. But the truth is, according to God, this should be 100%. 93 people who say Grace, Grace Point Church is my church, and, who, and we're assuming, we'll just say they're all Christians, okay? Um, so we'll assume that. There should be 93 people serving in some way in our church family. That's what God's Word says. When we think right, allow our minds to be renewed through spend, spending time with God and His Word, we live right. Our lives are transformed. When we think right with sound judgment, understanding what God says about who, who I am as a Christian, who, how He's gifted me, then I will serve right. So what does it mean to serve here at our church? And I want to spend the rest of the time, and I'm going to try to fly through this. Um, but what's it mean? First of all, if you're a first-timer attender or a newer attender, you've been here for, uh, within the last six months, we want you to sit back, check things out. Okay? We don't expect you to serve. Um, we want, in fact, we want you to check it out. We want, to make sure, um, we want you to make sure this is a church that you can be a part of. And so within six months of hearing me talk, you should have a pretty good idea of whether you want to even be around me or not. Um, and for some of you who have been here, hey, thank you very much. And I'm right here, my heart, love you guys. Thanks for staying. Um, oh, you guys go home. And, oh, poor guy. You know, we, we need to stay there just for, <laughs> the, for no other reason, for Kim's sake, because, you know, Harold needs a job. Um, if, you've been, if you've been hurt, heal up. Take that opportunity and heal up. Get into God's Word. Um, you know, if it means having, you know, having a conversation with me, come in and chat with me, or get a part of our Bible studies and get in with other Christians and, and heal up. Decide on Jesus. If you haven't placed your faith in Christ, place your faith in Christ. Attend our Connect class, which is on the 22nd of September, which, by the way, I just decided that on Friday, so it's new to Kim. Um, but here, you'll hear about our church, and you can ask questions. And then prayerfully consider if, if this is the church for you. Okay? We get it. Not everybody's going to want to be a part of Grace Point. We kind of get that. Next, if you're a regular attender, if you've been here for over six months but you're not a, a member, we want you to decide on Jesus if you haven't. Okay, again, that's what our 
ultimate desire is for people to decide on Jesus. I want you to attend our Connect class and find a place to serve your church family. You know, if you've been here for over six months, it's obvious you're thinking, yeah, this is a good church. I'm liking what they're doing. Then find a place to serve within our church family. It's pretty easy. I would encourage you to financially support your church family. It's what God says for us to do. Now, we didn't touch on that because we don't do a whole lot of talking on, on finances in our church. We believe God's going to move in people's hearts. Um, a lot of people who are um, not Christians, who are from outside of church, and even some people who are inside church, think that's what the church is all about. And if you listen to anything on TV, or a lot of things on TV and the radio, it sounds like that's what everybody's about. You know, God is offering you to give you a bunch of money. If you go ahead and give us a bunch of money, God's going to give you a bunch of money as the pastor goes on in his, you know, nice car. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. If you look into these people's lifestyles, it's like, wow, really? Anyways, so we encourage you. Financially support your church family. Um, we'll talk more about that later. And then commit to become a team member, to be a member of our church. Because, I mean, if you're already here, you're a regular attender, and you're like, hey, I like what's going on, and you're serving, and you're financially giving, basically you're acting like a member anyway, so just say, hey, you know, I'll be part of a member. It doesn't enhance your salvation, okay? It gives you an opportunity to vote on a few things here and there, uh, on budget and stuff like that. But it's really, it helps us understand um, who we have who's saying committed team members so we can make plans. But it also says that we have this extra commitment to you, as your church family, to care for you and to help you. Um, and again, if you're a regular attender, remember that care and help is always, is always there. Member, if you're a member, so you're an active team member of our church, you have decided on Jesus, at least you've said that, we've talked to you, it sounds like you do. Uh, you agree with our statement of faith. Uh, you've, um, you may not have been baptized at this point. You don't have to be baptized to be a part of our church family, but uh, we encourage you to be baptized. We'll encourage you along the lines to do that. You regularly attend. In other words, you're committed to being here. So if you're a member of our church, honestly, you know, it's hard to put a number on it, but 75% of the time you should be here. I know there's vacation and there's illness and there's family things going on, that kind of stuff. But if, you're, if the option is sit home or do something around the house or come to church and be a part of your church family, I think we understand what the, where we need to be, right? If there's a death in the family and you be gone for the weekend, please go minister to your family. Okay, if you're going to have to be on vacation, go be on vacation. But if you're going to be a member, so we're talking to members here, be connected. Faithfully serve. Uh, if you're saying, I'm, 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 I'm on board with what you guys are doing, then you need to get involved serving somewhere. God's Word says it. Uh, demonstrated God a lifestyle in the community, and that has two periods on it, so I guess that means, like, make sure. And then financially support your church family. Again, if you're a member of our church and you're saying, hey, I'm part of the team, I want to be part of the team, then part of that is financially giving to our church. Um, and just really quickly, because um, no one has ever asked, but here we're at, we're, um, uh, we're about $200 short a week in our offering, which is about $800 a month that we're short. Now, that doesn't impact, the lights are still on, the AC is going when you guys are here. Um, I have the AC on in my office. I don't always have the lights on in my office, you know, trying to help with that. Um, but I do sometimes, sometimes I don't. It's a sunny day, I need you to have them off. Um, I don't breathe very much when I'm here because I don't want to... Um, 
But what it does is, as we're planning for outreach, as we're planning how do we impact our community for Christ, those are the areas, you know, there's money involved in doing the Women's Spa Night. There's money involved in doing the, the Northwood Fall Festival. There's money involved in doing the Oregon Fest. There's, there's, way, and there's money involved if we help you um, do a, a neighborhood barbecue and all the things we're going to be talking about next week. There's, there's money involved in that. I don't know if you guys know that or not. Uh, I know you guys probably don't operate on money, uh, but the church, we have bills to pay, unlike you guys. And, um, and when I say the church, I mean you guys have bills to pay because this is the building God's giving you. Anyways, so we're, we're short every month. And it's just the reality of it. And so we need to understand that as Christians who are saying this is our church, then there needs to be, according to Scripture, sacrifice and cheerfulness in our giving. People say, well, what about the 10%? Well, 10%, some people say it's a good place to start, but we're not held to the 10%. But again, it's a good place to start. And really, God says, seek first my kingdom, right? And my righteousness, and all these things, your needs will be met. If you love me and call according to my, according to my purpose, then all things will work out for good, including your checkbook and your bills. And I can tell you story upon story upon story with Kim and me um, how God has done that. Uh, I won't take up time this morning to do that. So here's our ministries. We've got a bunch of potential ministries, and we've got some ministries that are currently going on. So like for the adult Bible study on Thursday night, I would love to have somebody who would host that. Not a huge need, I kind of do it, but somebody come in early, get everything prepped and ready to go, greeting people, encouraging people as uh, new people come. First-time attenders to encourage them and maybe get them a welcome card, but kind of maybe have the coffee going and water out, and just somebody to host that. Somebody who has a spiritual gift of hospitality or mercy. That's kind of a person who would do that. All church events, we'd love to have somebody coordinate that. So when we, if you notice, we don't have a lot of whole uh, all church events. Why? Because our our leadership team is already doing everything that we need to do regular stuff, and so it's hard to then add onto their plate more stuff. And doing like an all-church, let's have lunch together, let's do a barbecue together, let's hang out together. It's kind of hard to do. It takes coordination. So I, I've told my leadership team, I don't want you guys necessarily going over and above unless you feel called to do it. So we need somebody to do that. Care ministry, Kathy Alter is doing that. Kathy, wave, she's down here. Um, so Kathy, uh, with the care ministry, that's, um, see, did I write them down here? There's so many things involved in this one. Somebody have one of those sheets? Can I borrow? Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, bless you. So, uh, care ministry. So she needs, uh, I don't know if you have an assistant yet, but every person who leads a ministry has to find an assistant to help them so they're not doing all the work. We have crisis care package that we want to do. So people who have tragedies in their lives that are not part of our church, we want to be able to give them a care package and say, hey, we love you, we care for you, we're praying for you. If you need help, here's pastor's card. Um, so that's my part of it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Food pantry, grace baskets, and funeral meals. I think that's accurate. If not, Kim and Kathy get that all worked out. And they did a great job um, for Jeff Doherty's. That was our first funeral. It was awesome. Uh, Hagen, over here, he's the tall guy that looks like me. Um, he's doing the, the few student ministries. Uh, I'm sure he would love to have people involved helping him with the students and encouraging the students. And we have about, I don't know, 8 to 10 that come. Many of them are not church. 
kids because uh, Logan and Eli are like our, our little missionary boys, and they go out, come to church, come to church. And all the kids go, yes, we'll come with you. Um, so it's awesome. I mean, those guys are awesome. Uh, they don't actually do that, understand. So there's a, there's a sheet uh, that has all the different things, and you should have that in your bulletin. Um, so I, I won't read through all of those, and I'll give that back to Deb. Deb, who, by the way, is helping in the care ministry. Okay. Um, so where am I at? Oh, yeah. So uh, Grace Kids, the director, uh, Ellie's doing that, um, and I'm just giving you her name so you can talk to the people. Impact team, that's the ushers, greeters, uh, parking lot, cafe, uh, information table. Uh, Mary Munts does that, Ann's her assistant, and then Kim also is kind of a sub-leader on that too. Uh, men's ministry, music ministry, <laughs> it's blank, so I didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> let's see, yeah, so music, Caleb, right back there, Caleb! who by the way has been dealing with poison ivy and poison oak for the last two weeks, so he finally went and got a shot, um, so way to go, Caleb. He's all, I don't know what to do. He's all swollen. I don't know what to do. I said, go get a shot. I don't know what I should do. <laughs> I'm just, I love Caleb. Anyways, um, <laughs> so men's ministry, I'll go back. Men's ministry, I'd love to have somebody who would coordinate that. Right now, we're meeting on Sunday mornings, the first Sunday of every month at 7.30. We're sat in the quad today, and we're just talking about God, and I ask some questions. We answer them. It's not really you know, in-depth in that sense, but man, I'm telling you, the guys who come to that, it's been awesome to watch what's going on in their lives, you know, and connecting with each other, but even more than that, connecting with God, getting stuff in their lives straightened out, just awesome, good stuff. Anyways, music ministry, uh, outreach ministry, that's how do we impact the community, somebody who's community-minded, who uh, knows what's going on in the community, ways that we can interact with the community, like for instance, Northwood did a cleanup, um, it was supposed to be two weeks ago, it was too hot, so they did it last week. Well, we, didn't have the, we couldn't respond fast enough to that and get our people out with orange shirts helping them. And I only think they had like, you know, four or five people show up to help. It would have been a great thing for our church to be able to do. Properties, Mike Fisher does that. That's all the stuff that are building. And we got a bunch of stuff that needs to be done. Um, safety team, Pat Ibera. Um, Ibera is doing that for us. Uh, so doctors, nurses, um, people who want to do a little more of a kind of a security thing. Uh, social media, I'd love to have somebody who's into social media and help me with that, because right now I'm the one doing it, uh, and I'm not that creative. Tech ministry, Greg Hart in the back, uh, head, heading that up. Computer, soundboard, making sure this all looks good. Uh, visitation corner, somebody who's going to be caring for those in our church, hospital, um, people who are home because of illness, that kind of thing. Women's ministry, Kim heads that up, my wife. And then young adults, uh, Justin Havis has kind of been heading that up for us. Uh, and I know Ellie and, and Tristan have been helping them with that. So here's the point with all that. Not everything that happens in our church happens just on Sunday. So if, if Sundays are kind of a struggle for you or you're not a kind of a rotation type of person, there are so many other things you can do in our church that's not rotation-based, where you're a little more free if you have time in a, during the week to come in and do things that you can be a part of that. Some of the stuff you could do at home, you know, especially like if you're into social media and graphics and that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm just saying, there's a bunch of different ways you can do ministry. 
in our church. Um, and you can see the needs that we have. Then there's the other option, though, of being scheduled. And you can even say, I want to make sure that the first Sunday I'm scheduled. And you can actually, because of the system we have, you can say, I'm open every first Sunday of the month, and then block yourself out the other three if you want. Okay? What that'll do is free somebody up who's doing two or three ministries to maybe not have to do that ministry or not do it as often as they were doing that. So, takeaways. You can go to the next one. Question. Do you believe God? So I was having a conversation with Hagen this week, and uh, that, was the, that was the question that we were both kind of talking about. And it, it pertains to this. Do you believe God? Do you believe God when he says, if you've decided on Christ... And, and that you needed to demonstrate change. In other words, you're going to commit to spending time, that that's important to spend time with him and his word, and it's important for you to obey him as he moves you along in obedience and growth and, and faith and all that kind of stuff. And that he also says, by the way, in the, your crazy life that you have, that you're supposed to serve your church family in some way, and I've spiritually gifted you uh, to do that. Do you believe God that if you do that, then all the other stuff that you're worrying about right now, he's going to take care of. Because that's what he's promising to do. Because he's saying, time with me, priority A. Obeying me, priority A. Serving your church family, priority A. On top of being a good family member in your own family, priority. there's a bunch of priority A's. And so we have to focus on those things and let God take care of the rest. Focus on those things and let God help us prioritize the rest. You know, there's some of the things, guys, that we're doing in our lives that if we started doing life God's way, we would be freed up of those things. We'd actually free our schedule up. Because I think sometimes we get way too busy doing a bunch of stuff that we think we should be doing, but God's saying, hey, if you'd listen to me, I'd, I'd free you up. You wouldn't have to do that. You could say no to that. One of the conversations Kim and I have had over the years, and she's gotten a lot better, where she couldn't say no to anything. I'm like, you know, actually, you say no to this. And then I got to the point where I'm saying, you tell them that I'm saying no, because I'm not letting you do that now. Um, which, and it's worked. You know, it's, it's great. And then um, the serving survey. So if you're here this morning, you're saying, I'm still going to attend Grace Point after all I hear just said, um, <laughs> And I want to be a part of what God is doing because God's calling me to do that. We have a serving survey, and I just encourage you, if you've not filled one out, to fill that out. If you've filled one out in the past, you're like, oh, some things have changed in my life, you fill that out. Drop it at the information table. Um, you can take a picture of it at home on your phone. Email it to me. Send it to me if you have my cell number. Um, whatever the case, but fill that out. Let us know a little bit more about where you're at and what you think you should be doing, could do. I'll probably meet with you. Uh, or at least have one of the area ministry people talk with you and uh, get you locked in. It's a very simple process. We put you into a, a program, and then you get emails when you're scheduled, and it's pretty cool uh, how it all works. makes it pretty simple. All right? All right, I've gone way too long, but I appreciate you guys listening. Let's go ahead and stand, and let's go ahead and close and thank the Lord for this morning and for his word, and then represent Christ as we head on out. Lord, thank you for this morning, and we thank you for your word. I, Lord, thank you for the clarity of your word first, and we thank you for, in one sense, the simplicity of your word, 
and, and what you're calling us to do is that, in one sense, it's really simple. We just need to read your word, understand it, which your Holy Spirit's going to do, help us understand it, and then we need to take a step of faith to do it. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit will empower us to do it. But it's that step of faith, oftentimes, that gets in our way and um, makes it so it's not easy. But Lord, in your graciousness and in your goodness, I pray that you would um, bring us all along in our relationship with you, that you would continue to renew our minds in the way we think, and then that we would take that step of faith as we trust you more and more to do what you've called us to do. And then, Lord, as it pertains to serving, that we would experience the joy that comes from serving you, serving our brothers and sisters in Christ, the fellowship that happens, you know, Sunday mornings, uh, just hearing all the conversation that goes on prior to the service because people are here ready to serve, and it's a joy to watch, and people are energized and excited and and ministered to in that way. So Lord, uh, just pray that you would be working in people's hearts, that you would move according to your will in their lives, that you would direct them in a very clear way as to what they should do um, with our church as a whole and in the area of serving. And we'll be sure to give you the praise and the glory. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for being with us. Have a great...